again. In the year 2010, Nige Turner, barely old enough to legally watch Inception, his favorite PG-13 movie. Good choice. Nige, take it away. Tonight is the night. So the squad and I show up to the party three hours late, on purpose, walking in with a fresh pair of black skinny jeans, a short sleeve flannel shirt, and I love boobies bracelets all up my left arm. Like, y'all remember those bracelets? I remember my dad first saw one and he was like, yo, what is that? And I was like, they're for breast cancer awareness. And he was like, uh. <laughs> but at that moment, I hear the music switch to Frankie Beverly's before I let go. And it snaps me right out of what was supposed to be the coolest party entrance ever. And I run to the dance floor looking around in a panic because this is our song. And then there she is. Tracy, Tracy, my dance partner, my ride or die, my best friend. We dance together for about two hours of that long old song until it's time to go home. Back home with Tracy, because Tracy is my mom. If you ran into my family around this time, my mom would say something like this. Here's my husband Leland, my son Caleb, but this one, Nigel, Nigel's my friend. She tells me sometimes if life's got you down, you just got to ask for a little advice from Auntie Lauren Hill, Cousin India Ivory, and my mom's second best friend, Mary J. Blige. My mom also reads me like a book. When I turned 17, my older brother and my dad are fighting all the time, and I just didn't want to be here. I wanted to run away. So I grab a duffel bag, head to my closet, start packing my clothes. Then I hear the sound of the house's floor creaking. It's getting louder. I quickly throw the duffel bag in the closet. Now this is the part of the story where I say someone opens the door and someone walks in, but in the Turner house, my door always had to stay open. And so my mom just walks in. And I hit her with the, what you doing in my hood? She looks at me and says, you leaving me? I look down at the floor. I don't know what else to do, Mom. I'm not happy. Living here just feels like a weight on my chest, and I just want to breathe again. I've always been on the dramatic side, and she is too. But this time, I mean it. And she knows. Nigel, your father and I always knew you were going to need to spread your wings early. We talk about it all the time. But let us make sure you have the basic tools you need to make it outside. You need three things. A credit score, a car, and a high school diploma. Just give it six months. Then you can go. Okay. I can do that. And that's the last real conversation I remember having with my mom. Four months later, my mom is a court reporter at the Alameda County Superior Courthouse in Oakland, California, a place famous for the Black Panther marches in the late 60s. I always thought she looked like Alicia Keys the way she typed on the machine like piano keys. She goes to work one day just like any other. The court has been working on this particular case for hours, and this judge is notorious for never taking breaks. She's typing away on her stenotype machine, and her body begins to feel uneasy. Almost like she has low blood sugar. 
This had happened to my mom before. They couldn't explain why it was happening, but they described it as a glitch. She just faints sometimes, is what I remember a doctor saying after a family dinner got cut short for this same reason. So she tells the judge what's happening. Put her head down, closed her eyes, and she faints. I try not to think about this next part too much because it pulls my mind into all the what-ifs, but for some reason, no one woke her up. At least not right away. They just let her lay there with her head down. When they get her to a hospital, it seems like she's gone without oxygen to her brain for a long time. We find out that she suffered severe cognitive brain damage. To be honest, we didn't notice at first. But half a year later at my graduation party, my mom goes out and gets me a cake that says congratulations. Then she goes out and gets the exact same cake. Again. At first I tell myself, we all have our little mix-ups. But then, other signs. She can't keep up at work anymore and she's forced to leave. I pack up her office for her and her desk is a sea of sticky notes. Just trying so hard to remember It's sad, but it warms my heart just seeing how hard she tried. We take her to a bunch of doctors, specialists, neurologists. We drive her down to Stanford. They could tell she had severe brain damage, but no one could tell why it was getting worse. Then I start to notice the way people look at her. I go grocery shopping with my mom, and while waiting in the line to pay, she walks up to random people and says things like, Hey, it's great to see you again. And then they're like, What? And then I jump in and try to explain. Then they look at her with pity and talk to her like she's a child. It makes me furious and then embarrassed and then furious again. Then exhausted. Slowly, she starts to lose more and more of her abilities. She stops being able to drive. She stops being able to cook. She starts having trouble dressing herself. And so... I start to spend less time with my old best friend. And what I mean is, I'm no longer enjoying the time together. I'm still picking out her clothes for the day, I help her cook and drive her to all her doctor's appointments, but I'm just looking for any chance or excuse to get away. It gets to the point where I'm upset with her for things that aren't her fault. She asked me multiple times to take her to grandpa's and eventually, I pretend not to hear her. One night, I'm in my room with my headphones on and my mom walks in. She sits on my bed. I take my headphones off. What's going on? I say. I'm not really sure what's happening. Then she says, Are are you mad at me? She starts to open her mouth again. I freeze up. You're my son, but you used to be my friend, right? I'm sorry, Mom. Of course I'm your friend. I jump out of bed and I hug her as tight as my frozen body can. She smiles. She's happy with my answer. And she walks out my room. But all I can think is, I'm no longer a good son. Am I even her friend? I've always struggled with anxiety, but now I'm having at least one panic attack a day. After breaking many promises to my girlfriend to get help, I finally did. 
At this one particular session, I spent 20 minutes telling the doctor about how mom and I used to dance to Frankie Beverly, how we used to cook her famous mac and cheese, and how it was just mom and me time. And then the doctor hit me with this. Why do you keep talking about your mom in the past tense? I didn't have an answer. Yes, things have changed, but she still loves you and holds those same emotions. The next morning, it's like any morning. The sun isn't even out yet, and it's time to go pick up my mom and drop her off at my grandpa's house so that my dad could go to work. So I walk in the house, say hi to my dad. He rushes off. I head upstairs. My heart is pounding. I pass by my brother Caleb's room, then walk towards my mom's. She's lying in bed, resting. We still got an hour or so before we got to leave, so... I pass her room, wondering, should I say something? Nah, she's probably sleeping. Nigel? How'd she know it was me? Yeah, it's me, Mom. Can you come lay down in here with me? No, I'm, I'm going to lay in my room. Why did I say that? The me of yesterday would say that, yeah, but not the me from the party. I thought I was going to... I don't know. I I start walking to my room and get halfway there before... Wait, what am I doing? All these years she came and laid in your bed and talked to you whenever you needed her? Boy, get your butt in there. I turn around, run, and jump into my mom's bed. Immediately, she starts rubbing my hair. Along with the grain. Not against the grain, which she knows I hate. Then I take out my phone. I hit stop on the pity party that I've been throwing myself, and I hit record on the first real conversation we've had in six years. You said if somebody's hurt me, what? If somebody hurts you, mm-hmm. I have to hurt. I hurt. I have to get them. I have to get them. You gotta get them? That's right. That's what my mother's do. And if something bad happens to me, you say you're going to get me? You're right. How are you going to get me? I'm going to get you. <laughs> Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> That's what mothers do. You remember we used to sit, like, in my room, <clears throat> like, all night, mm-hmm. and just talk? Yeah. On my bed? <laughs> well... I can do that for you. I'll do it for you. Okay? I miss those talks. Okay. I'm sorry I haven't really talked to you in a long time. Well, you're growing up. You're a good person, Nigel. And don't let nobody tell you anything different. Think I'm a good son? You're a great son. I think you're a great mom. Thank you. You know that? I try. I really do. It's not about trying. You know you're a good mom, right? Yeah, I'm good. I think I think I am. Stop I no, 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 I think. You're a good mom, okay? Thank you. Say it. I'm a good mom. And that's it. Yeah. 
something happens with you, happens to me. Let nobody hurt my baby. Thank you, Nige, for sharing your story. We here at Snap Nation send you and all your family big love. This piece was brought to you by Adult-ish. It's a culture, advice, and storytelling podcast about adulting, co-hosted by Nige Turner and Merck Nguyen. It's produced entirely by the young folks at YR Media and Snap Judgment alumni, Davey Kim. The kick and sound design on that piece was by DJ Clay Xavier. Adultish is distributed by our fine friends at Radiotopia from PRX. Be sure to check out their mom-ish episode to hear how Nige and his mom are doing now. We'll have a link on our website, snapjudgment.org. 